Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of Steelers Crazy, a sick production. I'm JY. I'm with my man, Miked Up Sports One, Mr. Michael Nicastro. Steelers cuts today. We have a lot to talk about. Trades. It's going to be sick. Sammy, roll that thing. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Steelers crazy. Harris Smith shields. Blacko Polamalu takes it home. Super Bowl 43. Pittsburgh might be bound for that thanks to number 43. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainer like no other. It's gonna be sick. So, it's cut day. Let's get down to it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the first thing I should have cut was probably my chest hair. I know that I'm uh, peeking out a little bit today. I've been tweeting so ferociously and with such ferocity that I think I lost a uh, a button or a zipper or something yeah. over here, man. But that's okay. It's been a crazy, hectic day. It always is on, on cut day, that's for sure. I think first and foremost, man, you got to feel bad, obviously, for the guys who don't make the roster. He put in all that effort. I was watching Hard Knocks last night with the Detroit Lions, and you really get to see these guys' backstories and how much work they really do put into it. Uh, so wishing everybody the best when they land on their feet. But, yeah, like I said, it's always a day where there's a lot of moving and shaking. A lot of parts that you thought might make the roster do not. And then some guys who aren't even on the spectrum enter the fray. Uh, and that happened today with some trades that we'll get to. But in terms of actual cuts, I think probably two that stuck out in terms of surprising were running back Anthony McFarland, little booger, uh, as they call him. Uh, and only because he had a really good preseason, I thought. He looked explosive on kick returns. Uh, he was flying through holes when he was getting in the game and, and toting the rock. And I think that the two running backs behind Najee Harris are – very similar to each other when you're talking about Jalen Warren and Benny Snell they're both the same guy in in a lot of ways they are you know ground and pound type guys more of that thunder opposed to lightning uh, that you know they're looking to run people over bowl people over wear down defensive lines but they are you know two three yard guys at times when Anthony McFarland you know sometimes you'll get a 60 yard prance out of him has little Willie Parker to him because he got that blazing speed. So I would have liked a little more, uh, what's the diff- well, What's the word I'm looking for? A, you know, a little more different construct. You have two power backs and maybe a speed back opposed to three power backs. But that's Steelers football. Uh, they cut Ant-Mac. And then I think Buddy Johnson is probably the other one that was most surprising to me. We talked about that earlier. Only because they don't give up on draft picks all that often. Buddy Johnson, inside linebacker, fourth-round draft pick last season out of Texas A&M. They usually give these picks a couple of years to uh, at least three years, like in Anthony McFarland's case, to prove that they're worthy, learn the system, and develop. Uh, And in Buddy Johnson's case, he got a year in a camp. 
so for him, he was pushed out by Mark Robinson. We talked about him last show. We gave him a stock up. Unfortunately, because his stock is up, Buddy Johnson's stock is now down. I don't expect him to come back on the practice squad. I think there's going to be a lot of suitors for a fourth-round pick last year uh, who has a lot of talent. So those are the two that stuck out. Obviously, there were some some guys that have been on the team for a while that were lost as well. Justin Lane, cornerback, uh, you know, a couple offensive linemen, Joe Hag, John LeGlue, that, uh, you know, are guys who contributed last season. So, yeah, those are, are the bullet points, I think. Nothing, nothing hugely shocking, but McFarlane and Buddy Johnson, two two names that stick out. Yeah, definitely. Um, th- just, like, real quick, your thoughts on Benny Snell. Like, wh- what is it? I mean, I know he's a decent special teams player, but, like, wh- what do you – I just I, – I don't, I don't understand the – you know, why they would keep him. And I just think Anthony McFarlane has more upside. I agree. I totally agree. We talked about Benny Snell on this show last week, too. I think we gave him a, a stock down because of how well Jalen Warren was playing. I don't know, man. Maybe he has some blackmail on somebody in that Steelers front office where they're they're keeping him around. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think he played, I think it was two years ago at this point, in that Giants Monday night opening game. Uh, I think he was – James Conner was hurt that game, and he rushed for like 120 yards, two touchdowns, looked really good. And at that point, I think Steelers Nation and the team itself, and Mike Tomlin said, all right, we have a, a bona fide solid running back on this squad if James Conner gets hurt. And then he has just steadily gone downhill, man. Like, um, you know, we I tweet out jokingly before games, Benny Snell up the middle for one-yard gain, and – uh, just so I can say I'm getting it out of the way before I tweet it in an hour because it happened so consistently. So if Jalen Warren took his spot, I think he should have taken his spot completely and he should have been cut opposed to keeping both. Uh, but once again, the guy, like I said, probably has uh, some blackmail on somebody there for them to keep him. Yeah. So uh, over to the new Steeler, uh, over from the Broncos, Mr. Malik Reed. Um, University of Nevada, I think he went to. Um, just give your thoughts on him. I I, I don't know. I, I I keep seeing stats about he only played like what in twenty six games or something like that. But statistically, it looked like, you know, for what it's what we had to give up. I think that it was a pretty solid, uh, you know, pickup. You know, depth is the most important thing in football. I think that you know on defense especially. So I think that this was a this was a no brainer. I, I I don't hate I don't hate the trade. Yeah, 30 games you see there, you're right on that. So he's young. I mean, that's obviously the reason he hasn't played in that many. I think he's 26 years old. He was a former undrafted free agent. Uh, and and the dude has played really well. I think last year he was ranked 16th by Pro Football Focus in terms of rushing the quarterback. The word that comes to mind for me is necessary. You said the key word, depth. This is a necessary pickup. Alex Highsmith uh, has just been okay off the edge next to T.J. Watt. Uh, this is going to be a guy who can fight for some reps with Alex Highsmith. Or the other two outside linebackers, Derek Tuska, um, you know, he just doesn't provide much or, or you know, he doesn't pop whatsoever. So I think, uh, you know, Reed can come in and, and really make an immediate impact on this team. The biggest question that I can't figure out is why the Broncos gave him up for chump change. Yeah. Absolutely. It costs absolutely yeah. nothing to get this guy. The Steelers gave a six-round pick, and the Broncos gave back a seventh-round pick. And 
this outside linebacker who was Vaughn Miller's backup, his primary backup in Denver. That's why he couldn't get off the field. I was checking out Broncos Twitter because that's what you do when trades like this happen. I mean, I can't lie. I wasn't familiar with Malik Reed. I had no idea who he was. Broncos Twitter is like, why the heck did the Broncos do this? This doesn't make any sense. So that's usually a good reaction for Steelers fans when you have a, a fan base that's up in arms about a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe there's something that that happened to him. You know, the most likely scenario is that, uh, you know, he was going to get cut. The Broncos must have a really stacked front seven or linebacker group. And they said, let's let's get something for him, whether it's a six-round pick before we cut him, which makes sense. You'd think they'd get more. They could dangle him. Uh, but it's – it's a great pickup for the Steelers, a necessary pickup for the Steelers. I can see him getting playing time from the word go. I just don't understand why it didn't take so much to get him, which scares me a little bit. Yeah, you, you know, there's always – you just never know. But, I mean, right now I think it's a win for the Steelers and yeah, got to roll with it. So we'll move on. How do you fix the O-line? I think they did that today maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I'm not too familiar, but uh, – just get your take on that. They tried. I mean, they're gonna they got to keep trying. Um, today That's was interesting. Else. Yeah. So I think the Steelers. If you if you want to make an analogy, right? Like I don't know. I'm thinking of like a deck of cards. If all of their offensive linemen were were a deck of cards, they would all be like an eight of spades. Like they're all pretty much in the same box like there's no guy who stands out and is is like an all pro worlds above the other every all of these linemen are kind of the same and people a lot of people are freaking out about them cutting john leglu and joe Haig, who were two versatile linemen last year that played uh you know spotty and, to, and you know because obviously there were some guys that went down with injury but like I said, all of these guys essentially were the same guy. So if you're going to cut anybody, what, whatever, you know, the glue and, yeah. and Hag, uh were glue guys essentially. But this dude they brought in, Jesse Davis, I know we'll, we'll roll up his graphic right here. First of all, you could tell that he's big and mean. <laughs> how, how tall? I think 6'6". Six, six. I was just looking it up. And uh, like, again, I went, I kind of did the same thing because I'm not going to lie. I wasn't, you know, too familiar with them. And what was funny is I went to the Vikings Twitter and it, it was the complete opposite of of, of the Malik uh, Reed reaction. I'll just say that. They were like, get him out of here. So that makes sense because he never even played a snap with the team. He was signed this March as a free agent with the Vikings. He did play a handful of seasons in Miami. Um, yeah, I think he's 31 years old, so maybe more than a handful of seasons in Miami. The key, so if the word for the outside linebacker Malik Reed was necessary, the key word here, the buzzword, if you will, for Jesse Davis is versatile. Uh, I tweeted recently over at Miked Up Sports One that Jesse Davis is the third player in the history of the Miami Dolphins to start at four different positions. Only the third player in the history of the team. He started four offensive line positions. It's not like he went back to punter or threw a ball at quarterback. That might be Kendrick Green. I'm telling you. So he he played everything but center. Uh, so the Steelers have a swing guard that they think is better than John LeGlue or Joe Haig. That's obvious, or they wouldn't have made that move and cut those guys. He's not going to move the needle in terms of like you know an upgrade or bringing on an all-pro or anything like that. They thought it was a small upgrade over John LeGlue and Joe Haig. I'll believe them, but it's not going to take the offensive line from, what did I say, eight of spades to a, a 
jack of hearts or even a, a, a you know a ten uh, of diamonds, if you will. They're still below average, man. You don't want an eight of spades uh, in a hand of poker. Yeah, that's sign that that's signing. I mean, I hope I hope the best for him. Like I said, I always cheer for the Pittsburgh Steelers, anyone in black and gold. But that signing doesn't really move the needle. It's not like, a, oh, my gosh, now the Malik Reed. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. So <laughs> we are going to play our favorite segment of the Steelers crazy podcast, and that is stock up and stock down. Steelers stock up or down. All right. So we'll just start, get right into it. This is our favorite segment. I feel like it's, I'm Alex Trebek right now. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Sports for 500. All right. Mitch cool. Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky stock up. You can see it. No spoiler alert here. And the reason he's stock up is because the whole entire city maybe even country, is talking about Kenny Pickett, right? Uh, Kenny Pickett did a ton to prove that he deserves this job. But ultimately, when Mike Tomlin names Mitch Trubisky the starting quarterback, whenever that happens, is going to signal that Mitch Trubisky also had a pretty damn good preseason. He didn't yeah. do anything to lose this job. Uh, his quarterback rating was in the hundreds as well. He threw an absolute dime to Deontay Johnson uh, on Sunday. You and I were there at Heinz Field. Yeah. Uh, where he looked great in the pocket. He led a two-minute drill drive for a touchdown. He found Steven Sims, who made the roster over the middle. That was pristine. It was a great drive by Mitchell Trubisky. This is a dude who is going to start the season as the Pittsburgh Steelers' starting quarterback. Even when Kenny Pickett runs into the game at Heinz Field, what does the crowd say? Yeah. What do they do? They go, Kenny, Kenny. I mean, people are literally, people are literally waiting. I feel like, Akershore Stadium, you call it Heinz Field. Oh, I do the same thing. But it's it's people just dude played there his whole college career, so it's like yeah, they're going to be chanting Kenny, but it's just they're ready. Put it that way, they're ready. I'm saying that they're chanting Kenny Pickett. Hold on, when I'm saying that they're chanting Kenny Pickett, and you know that adds intensifies the pressure on Mitch Trubisky to perform well as well. Something he didn't do well with in Chicago. I know I'm throwing the word well out there a lot. But he he crumbled under pressure. I think he's risen under the pressure this time. He deserves to be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one. So that's why his stock is up. Because people are talking about picket left and right. But Trubisky's preseason was about just as good. Especially when comparing he was playing the ones uh, pretty much yeah. the whole time. Against the ones. All right. So we'll talk O-line. Kevin Dawson. Yeah, he's our boy. We had him on the Yinzer Crazy podcast this past summer. Shout out to Yinzer Crazy. Everybody check out yinzercrazy.com. And, of course, follow the at the sick podcast Steelers on Twitter. What are you doing if you're not following? We're doing giveaways. We're hitting you with all kind of great stuff. This podcast is going to blow up, be one of the biggest in the world. There's no doubt about that. Kevin Dotson is not blowing up. His stock is going down. And I hate to say that, but this is another really – strange case where he's going to get the starting job over Kendrick Green uh, at left guard, but his stock is still down because he couldn't beat out Kendrick Green initially. And we've seen how poorly Kendrick Green has played. So that tells me in essence that if he wasn't a clear cut choice over Kendrick Green to start on the Steelers offensive line, that the team 
whether it's Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, Matt Canada, Sean Serrett, offensive line mm-hmm. coach, saw them as neck and neck, saw them as right here, which yeah. is scary. It's a scary proposition. And now people are calling for Kevin Dotson's head. He had an awesome rookie season. Last year he was hurt. This is a prove it junior year for him, if you will. Uh, listen, preseason is is what it is. It, it's not the end all be all, but it's not a good sign that he barely, from what it sounds like, beat out Kendrick Green, who has been, you know, uh, a turd sandwich. <laughs> That's being nice. Um, Calvin Austin the third stock down. Unfortunately, a lot of it is not his fault. Yeah, it's just not. He got he got hurt. Um, a stock or an investment in something and they get hurt or they're hurting that stock is going to trend downwards yeah uh, and so i thought when they drafted him and hearing initial reports in camp that this guy was going to have a role early and often with the steelers kind of have that gadget role that matt canada used quadri henderson for when he was back at Pitt, taking a lot of end arounds short passes passing game wide receiver screen game Uh, But he's not able to get on the field. He's probably going to be in the season on short-term IR, which means he'll be out the first handful of weeks, which is unfortunate because it's going to set him behind the eight ball even more because when he comes back, he still needs to be ingrained into the offense again. I don't think we're going to see Calvin Austin III making an impact on the Pittsburgh Steelers until at least week six. When you combine how slowly the Steelers generally bring rookies along, rookies not named George Pickens, uh, as well as the injury that he suffered and having to get back to game speed, especially with a, a foot or leg injury, he stalks down. Uh, and it's unfortunate. And it's part of the reason the Steelers kept seven, yes, seven receivers today, which I didn't think was necessary. But all three of the roster bubble guys, Steven Sims, Miles Boykin, and some will throw Gunnar Olszewski in there as well, made the roster. Seven wide receivers? That's a, that's a lot of receivers, bro. Yeah, I was in shock too. That's that's the most. I mean, the John League. I was kind of like shocked by that, just just because. But maybe they know something. I'm sure they know something that we don't know, um, or what they're trying to do. I trust them. Um, and then last but not least, uh, I was kind of uh, you know anxious to see your reply for this. Uh, Robert Spillane trending up. Yeah, which is a little weird, right? Because he's always just kind of been flatlined like neutral here but uh when i was at the game on sunday i thought well first of all i thought his playing time and his role was expanded uh we you know a lot of us think that devin bush and miles jack are just going to pretty much uh, play the majority of the snaps Mm. especially on passing downs they'll be out there but spillane was out there on a lot of first and second downs so he was out there on rundowns uh, for the opponent, of course. And then uh, if you're playing second downs, that that obviously is up in the air. He was playing some pass downs as well. Yeah. So I think probably a lot of it is their agitation with Devin Bush. The fact that maybe they're sending him a message that, hey, this is going to be Robert Spillane and Miles Jack if you don't get your you-know-what together. Um, and Spillane, he's, he played well in the past in spurts. Everybody who talks about the Derrick Henry hit he had a couple years back when he absolutely uh, annihilated him, making him one of the first – people to ever do that in history but he's never going to be a star but he's also probably not going to be though you know it doesn't have a downside uh high ceiling low floor kind of guy uh, but the stock is up he's close to that ceiling right now because he's going to play a lot more i think than we thought or probably wanted as well yeah 
Well, that makes a little more sense for me now on that. When, when you look at it like that, but uh, yeah, hey, man, tell, tell been... everybody. I'm curious. Tell everybody about the uh, the community work you've been doing out here, man. We got to hang out on Sunday a little bit at Heinz Field. I think a lot of people know you as rapper Jordan York, podcast host extraordinaire, Steeler fan to the grave, Jordan York. But a lot of people don't know what kind of work you do in the community day in and day out, man, helping people get to, you know, fall in love with the Steelers just like we did. Yeah, so we, you know, we got to take the veterans to the game um, and watch the game. And it was just it was a a cool experience, man, just, you know, being able to be there and, you know, bring people who might not be as fortunate to go to the Steeler game. So it was it was a really cool thing. And uh, we're going to be there. Uh, We have a cornhole tournament. Um, we're going to be doing a podcast there, uh, live from the great hall on Sunday. So yeah, just stop down rib fest. Um, and yeah, man, it, it all starts with community and, and just giving back That's something that we started on, uh, yinzercrazy.com and, uh, just doing, you know, community and people in the community that are doing, you know, great things and kind of spotlighting them. So, uh, you know, it's always Pittsburgh proud, man. And, uh, we're Steelers crazy. And this is another Sick production. Sammy, we'll see you soon. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Steelers Crazy on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.